I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We cover the latest news and notes in the world of fantasy football. Go ahead and check out our latest episode that dropped this morning. Will it help you out in your last week of NFL football? or? Do you have a fantasy football championship game coming up in the final week? Let us know by going ahead and checking us out at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, Joe Sorrow. He is right there with the combat fatigues right there going on on his baseball hat. Go ahead and check out what he's doing right there. As Oxide Team 47 right there at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Simblades. Simblades for the Y.com. You know, Laker Tom is doing all those magical trades for March, Marcus Smart because he saw the performance, Marcus Smart. And, you know, you just go by the one game you saw the Lakers, you know, that he played. So, of course, you got to make sure that you put him on several different trade proposals. And you can see what Laker Tom is doing with all those trade proposals today at Lakerholics.com, along with Jamie Sweet and his five things, which will not be so kind to the Lakers. Go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends, John Costa, right there at Clutch Talk in Lakers Corner. Also as well, Lakers in five. He had Lakers in five on earlier today. Go ahead and check out his interview with LI5 there. Lakers in five, support them. Empire Jeff TV has been all over our coverage today. Really appreciate him stopping by our pregame and also as well, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Also as well, go ahead and check out some great channels, including the John McCallion channel. Also, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat and the Daniel Berry Sports Highlight Channel. Got to go ahead and check them out today wherever you get your YouTube. Plus, also speaking of YouTube, please like and subscribe. Subscribe today or follow us if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, what have you, to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with your latest therapy session right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for joining us. The Lakers come in on this homestand 
already the rumors, the innuendo, the reports, the behind the scenes from Sean Tarania talks about strife in the locker room. Darvin Ham's job may be in jeopardy. Darvin Ham quoting to Dave McMenamin from ESPN that he's solid. He's got the backing of Rob and Jeannie and he's solid. Everything is good. So everything was good going into today's game against the Memphis Grizzlies at home at the Crip. What could possibly go wrong against a team that was 11 and 23? Well, after finally winning a first quarter, which is something they haven't done much this season, they proceeded to go ahead and stop defending the three and gave up 23 three-point shots for a 51% percentage from behind the arc for the Memphis Grizzlies. Everyone seemingly hit threes. Marcus Smart, a 26% shooter on the season. Eight threes. John Morant, three threes. Desmond Bain, five of eight. Zaire Williams, two of six. Jaron Jackson Jr., five of six. They exploded from behind the arc and in the second half and in the fourth quarter, outscored the Lakers, 33 to 19, on their way to dusting off. Did you hear that sound? They dusted off the Los Angeles Lakers in the fourth quarter as the Lakers folded in the final stanchion, providing no opposition. Once they got behind, it was just a matter of just basically you could see the body language, the effort, just none of it there. And Coach Ham, hands in the pockets indeed. As the Lakers lose 127 to 113 to fall to 17 to 19, they are officially out of the playoffs right now if the season end today they are in 11th place in a western conference as we speak and here today to talk about another disgusting game and has the seat now been put in the microwave getting hot for darvin ham three awesome panelists indeed first up first man here is the man that's done a lot of great work with us over the years right here at the lakers fast break it is our basketball guru Mr. Stone Hansen and Stone, great to have you here, my friend. You've been on the fire ham train for a long time, my friend. That train is going down the track. And it seems so it's good like to have old... supporters. <laughs> I know you have not seen this movie because you said you don't watch movies. But this no. reminds me of Silver Street because that train is actually going to go and crash into the station. And I think it's going to crash into the station sooner rather than later at this rate. It's crashed. It crashed tonight, Gerald. It exploded. Um, I mean, this is pathetic. It's absurd. That's a good um, word. Pathetic, I think. It's, yes. And it's absurd the fact that I, I caught the, the Heat game today, actually. I didn't watch it with you guys, unfortunately. My condolences. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's absolutely wild to me that the Lakers, uh, last game learned zero zero from that game and applied it to this game zero nothing they didn't practice anything uh you can tell that um the heat played 45 zone possessions against us last game and we scored 41 points against it which is absolutely awful um and tonight in the fourth quarter when the grizzlies applied zone it was turnover after missed shot after turnover uh, we we had no answer to how we play against a zone. We don't know how to do it. The Heat showed 28 other teams that you can do this too, and this is how you beat the Lakers. Uh, the Grizzlies took note and, and did it tonight. 
Uh, and I'm sure the next team will do it too. And we'll have no answer for it because we, we don't practice it. It's clear. We've never practiced against a zone. Um, we last game, the heat pulled away from us in the fourth quarter. Uh, you would think we'd have a little more fire in the fourth to, you know, maybe stop that from happening again. We didn't, uh, the, the Grizzlies took over in the fourth, the first half, they started getting hot in the second quarter from three. Um, so naturally we let them, you know, shoot and make a bunch more threes in the second half. Uh, and it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, the ownership, the management, the coaching, the roster, everything about it is pathetic. Um, and anyone that's watching or watched tonight, if you had any hope whatsoever that this team was going to win a championship, there's zero chance. I'm sorry to tell you, but there is zero chance. We will not win a championship this year. It's not going to happen. Um, it's pathetic. I like that word in this case. I think it's very fitting. Pathetic. Also here today, good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And, of course, what he does. Please start with the New Year's resolutions by getting a new lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today. If you are in the Southern California area, do it at his company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y. Help him out, Simblades with a Y.com, because he is so depressed watching what we're seeing right now with the Lakers. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe. Great to have you here. Great part of our coverage on our simulcast. My God, we started simulcasting this off of playback. What are the first two games that we've done? Crap and crappier. Simul craps uh, yeah. for, for the yep. first two games. Simul crap is absolutely the word. So <clears throat> your thoughts on tonight's disaster and dumpster fire in the fourth quarter for the Los Angeles well, Waiting for the game to finish, I, I I wanted to keep a little bit left for the show tonight. I noticed I noticed uh, Coach uh, Taylor Jenkins of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies probably play, you can say possum, opossum, or hustled the Lakers it's not a in my in my view it wasn't a coincidence that he didn't zone up until the fourth and when that happened the Lakers couldn't let's say if he had done it in the second quarter maybe the Lakers adjust to it let's just say maybe right but he guaranteed it he said look we're going to keep this thing close because the the momentum in the game never felt comfortable I never felt like the Lakers were were going to dominate the game or at least take it all the way, even when they were in double-digit leads. So I think what he did was, I think he threw the the, the aggressive zone in the fourth, and of course, that's when everything went to crap. And apparently, Darvin Ham's learned a lot in letting three-point shooters shoot uh, from his mentor, Budenholzen, and this is the product you get. When a player like Marcus Smart is making shots like that, you should be able to adjust, no matter the talent at least in getting somebody in his face. But the team is playing lethargic. There's not a lot of enthusiasm. There's not a lot of trust. There isn't a lot of talent as well to cover the gaps. LeBron didn't help missing four free throws at the end of the game. Uh, we, we, you know, we're going to uh, have to understand, folks, that LeBron, even in his 21st season, he's just not I, – I, I'm going to say this, okay, I've been using that as an excuse, and I have a motto that says, "and a good excuse is still an excuse." In this case, it's it's an excuse. It's still not good, even though it's justified to a degree. But if you're good enough to play, maybe we need to stop saying that. 
maybe we need to stop not blaming LeBron for making bad passes out of his own. Because I've been told for years that LeBron is a genius. No matter how bad his athletic ability has waned, no matter how bad a coach is, no matter how bad the guy he's passing to is, I would like to think that after 21 seasons in the NBA, he'll make a smarter decision in that moment, but he doesn't. Missing free throws is missing free throws. It is what it is. He's always been a 70, high 70% free throw shooter. So that's not a surprise. But the fact that not only is Max Christie, apparently some some guys out there think he's a guy that we're going to, you know, train to be a, a, an integral part of this team. He's passing behind. And we saw, we talked about this. I feel like I'm, I'm saying that word. Well, all... Matt, she still pointed out he broke the first layer of defense in that zone defense. And then when you pass it back, you now allow the zone to get back into their position. Dumb play. It's a dumb play. Now, here's what happens there. I said this on, on playback is that is a, you know, Max Christie is not LeBron. Okay. He is a second round pick who's got some athleticism, who's got some, he's got the NBA body, but he is not being coached well. And at the very least, if you have a diva star who you can't get through, that's something that we've seen a hundred times in our life. But those guys need, need to be the ones that, that do listen to the coach. But it looks like the coach isn't teaching them how to get out of a zone, especially after getting waxed 75% of the game against Miami. And it might have been more, by the way. Um, it's it's ineptness at its highest level on every end. We had said that Robin Genie have done all they can in terms of re-upping contracts, uh, making everyone feel valuable. Well, I guess we're going to have to change that tune. It looks like they didn't bring in the right guys, and and maybe they couldn't. Maybe there there wasn't a chance at bringing in somebody that that could be a difference maker. It's just not, it's not in the cards with the way this team is structured. It's just, there's no other way. So that's the, I'd say that's probably the most depressing part of this is the fact that the current rules just don't allow you to switch, uh, uh, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, we, we, we went on a run last year. You can argue that that was evidence that it does help, but I'm not looking at last year. I'm looking at this year. They actually look worse this year. They actually look worse. And it, it's coming down to the fact that a lot of these players that, that they brought in are just not, they're not up for the moment. And Darvin Ham is just, uh, shoot, I'm thinking at this point, because at least with Luke Walton and Byron Scott, they had nothing to work with. Absolutely nothing. Randy Fun, when he was coach after Dunleavy left, he had nothing. This guy has two starting freaking all-stars on his team. This is the worst modern-day hire that the Lakers have ever made, by far. And, I, and a lot of us got the hint in the first sentence he said in, at Media Day. And that's, that's where we are at right now. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers, unfortunately, losing 127 to 113. They fall to 17 and 19. They are now 11th place in the Western Conference out of the playoff picture as of this time. But also here today, good man indeed. He is the guy who interviewed Lakers in five earlier today. So go ahead and check that out on his channel. It is the Lakers corner guy himself, John Costa. John, great to have you here. Your thoughts on this dumpster fire of a fourth quarter and this dumpster fire of a situation going on right now with the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, dumpster fire is a great way to put it because this is an absolute disaster. I mean, pathetic is also a good keyword. But, as but well. yeah, Stone Stone put it I great think earlier. I'm put that in the description for today's show. <laughs> I like that. I like that. De- definitely a pathetic performance tonight. But I mean, now we're stressing this to a four game losing streak when we're supposed to be on a homestand. Like, I, you know, coming into this homestand, I was thinking to myself, like, all right, cool. Like, here's a chance for us to turn this thing around. Here's a chance for, you know, the media to get off our backs a little bit. Some of these role players to, you know, see, see, see the ball go through the hoop, get some wins under our belt. And, you know, we start feeling good rolling into February, you know, onto the rest of the year. But now we slide into this four game losing streak. And to me, what, what you know, what, what was most frustrating was like, I, as a Lakers fan, I've just I've just grown too accustomed to for bad first first quarters. I'm just like, all right, cool. We're just gonna punt this first quarter. Second quarter, we're gonna have a great great back great run. We're gonna get back into it. And then we're gonna be and then you know we're gonna get in the back and forth game. But after this great first quarter that we had this game, outscoring them 38 29, we almost put up a 40 ball. If you would have counted that that full quarter that they made at the end, we would have had a 40 ball. But um, okay, I'm like, all right, cool. Coming into the second quarter, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, just they just start raining three pointers. Whether it came from whether it came from Triple J, whether it came from Ja, uh, and 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 it was it, it was it was a little bit ridiculous to me because as of right now into today, the Lakers lead the NBA and allowed three pointers at, at 15 per game. This game, the Grizzlies hit 23, and I just think that like. As a On fifty-two percent shooting, I believe it was fifty-two percent. That is that is correct. And 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 like as a coach, you, you know, you one. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm sorry. Fifty-one. Whoa. Yes. Twenty. Yeah. They. Yeah. They hit twenty-three. Wow. And they, that was. That's insane. You guys. Like that's above above what we're already allowing. And uh, to me, it's like as a coach, you you got to look at the numbers. You got to look at the way the pass games and playing. You got to look at film, and you got to adjust to these things as they come. Not. Just like you know how how Joe said, have that have that Coach Bud mentality, which is like I'm gonna be stubborn through it. Remember, I believe it was in 2020 when Coach Bud was just insisting on playing that drop coverage, and he almost got fired. He the he, he almost the only reason why he didn't end up getting fired is because the following year they ended up going on and um, winning the championship, I believe. But anyway, I say that to say 
Um, Darvin Ham, questionable decisions tonight, just like every night. Christian Wood, he was giving us good production but beginning of the game, and then what happened? All of a sudden, you took him out really, of the game. Didn't really see him that didn't really see him that much. He was good giving us good production. Then Darvin Ham's like, Oh, what you're helping us win? All right, come on, come sit on the bench. And he ends up playing 16 minutes. And another thing, uh, I have to blame this on Darvin Ham, but I can't put the put this fully on him. I gotta put this on the players as well. Or oh, you'll like this quote coming up for Darvin Ham. I got to tell it to Joe, but go ahead, my friend. Finish up. Um, this and this last thing I'll say, and then then you get that off. But look, why are we insisting on being a three point shooting team when that's just not our strong suit? Like almost every game that we have that we have lost, we we shot like 28, 30 plus threes, and it's just like to me, it makes no sense. Especially because, like I said, if you've been watching film, if you've, if you've been watching the Lakers. When are we most dominant? When we're taking like 10 to 15 threes and we're dominating inside, not just, you know, and I understand LeBron got off in the beginning that four for four and, you know, he was feeling it. And then if that's the case, all right, you, you get it, LeBron, but not the rest of the team. Tonight we took 28, made 10. It, it's just an absolute embarrassment. The Lakers need to play to their strong suit, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm not going to lie. I'm really upset. <laughs> You should be upset. You all should be upset. You should be pissed. This is embarrassing. This is disgusting. This is absolutely not what we signed up for. And Joe, the press conference in the back for Darvin Ham, his quote, as relayed on Twitter by David Menemann, I want to put it now in the chat for everyone out there. Great crowd, by the way. Please like and subscribe. Here it comes, Joe. I'm going to put you on. I know, Stone, it's your turn for it, but let me put on Joe for this response. Joe, Darvin's ham excuse today is I'm tired of people living and dying with every game we play. This is a marathon. <laughs> and Stone, you can also inject, uh, interject if you want. To That's a broken yep. man, folks. That's a broken man. Uh... <laughs> this is a marathon. Live and die. Uh, is Darvin Ham living in 1973 when he, there was tape delay? Go ahead, Stone. <laughs> zero accountability is what I get from that response. Folks, zero. He, yeah, he does folks, not care. Folks, yeah. it, it, you, let's learn a lesson here. You know, we try to look. When I was uh, being taught how to broadcast, I actually went to school for it. You're supposed to bring in live, identifiable. Uh, events or situations like in real life right with sports it it allows those who aren't like for example if you know stone doesn't watch movies so we have to kind of make things make sense without using the movie side of things right it's very easy for most people but stone is stone the reason why he's stone cold is because he don't watch crap and that's that's why he's great and he knows his stuff so this this is a grown man this is a man who got shot in the face. Someone who is supposed to be a man's man. But unfortunately, when when the pressure comes, folks, that's really the 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 telltale sign on who you really are. I don't know if it's worse than getting shot in the face, but probably not. But he's but, solid, Joe. According to him earlier before the game, but, he's yeah, solid. No, unfortunately, he, it's not. It, it, go ahead, Stone. He says he's solid because Jeannie has come out before tonight's game and said we, he has our full support. I mean, Ham has nothing to worry about. So, the, the, really, this is ultimately on Jeannie, right? If you're if you're telling him you're safe, you're good, we trust you. Uh, I, I, you're not really giving him any incentive to take responsibility because, I mean, he he 
obviously is he's fine apparently uh he meets their standards of mediocrity um and i mean can you guys recall any single quote of him taking accountability for a loss i can't i can't remember him being like oh yeah we we shot uh really we executed our defense really poorly that's that's on me it's finger pointing it's finger pointing he he wants to put the blame on someone else and he can't take accountability um it, it is, I mean, not to say nobody else is at fault. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Darwin Ham plays a pivotal role in the, in these losses. Uh, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to partake in that. So uh, yeah, I mean, he, he just does not care. And uh, I have more to say, um, I'll, I'll save it for a little bit later, but just real quick on some of the adjustments he refused to make. I mean, obviously the three point shooting, but uh, zone, we talked about a little bit already uh attacking the rim um like uh lakers corner was saying we should have attacked the rim that's when we're at our best this team when triple j is not on the court is absolutely terrible at the rim at defending the rim i mean we can get there at will and do whatever we want at the rim and we waited until the late in the third quarter to start attacking the rim and that's when triple j is in the game who's one of the best rim protectors in the league uh, it just makes zero sense. I, I don't understand what sort of you know logic Ham is is putting in this game plan. It doesn't seem like there is any. Um, we're talking about you know why is it that we're forcing these guys to shoot three pointers? I don't think it is. I think what the problem is is Ham's just telling these guys do whatever you want on the court. I think there there's just no repercussions for anything that they do. It's you know, do whatever you want on the court. Uh, and what guys usually want to do nowadays is, you know, get some threes. Uh, and he's fine with it. He doesn't he doesn't have any issue with doing whatever they want. Uh, Wood and Reeves cannot dribble, and they seem to be, you know, two of the biggest ball handlers running on the court. Uh, he, he just wants guys to do whatever they want, um, and there's, there's no repercussions for it. So, uh, you know, if that's what he thinks is going to win him, you know the championship and fan points uh and keep going uh because he has nothing to fear because he has his full support from lakers ownership uh he's solid he's solid he's solid the lakers are solid we need to stop getting mad about losses accept them uh like a good little laker fan and you know maybe things will change and, and him will write this ship that's ridiculous once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is. They're not going to listen to him anyways. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, John, well, let me bring you here on this. His comments right there. When you, when I said those comments, you heard Joe and uh, also as well Stone's reaction. Your reaction to Darvin's Ham's latest comments. I'm tired of people living and dying with every game we play. This is a marathon. It's almost halfway over this marathon. Yeah, it's almost halfway over, and he doesn't—he doesn't even look like he has an idea of what this team's supposed to be. He doesn't look like he even has a grip or the ability to gel this team. He's right. I'll give him that. It's a marathon. Yeah, absolutely, the NBA season is a marathon. It is a long 82-game season. It's a marathon, but. As the season goes along, you got to start making some adjustments and you got to start making some improvements. And that's not the case that we've had with him. So if if he wants, you know, if he wants to be right about that point, absolutely. You're right, Darvin. It is a marathon. But um, in it's throughout this marathon, you know, you got to you know, maybe pick up your speed a little bit, maybe realize what you did in the past and start changing it. And 
he's just he's just honestly simply not doing it. Um, one question I, I, I did want to post to you guys real, really quick and Stone, I know you're you know, you're I mean, we've all been pretty, you know, heavy on 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 Darvin Ham and d- d- deservingly so. Right. I mean, I feel like the games that he does mess up, we let him have it and tell him where he messed up. Uh, but the games he does, you know, he d- does perform well. We, we give him his flowers. But what I want to know is like, OK, maybe Jeannie, maybe Rob supporting him, whatever the case may be. But like if we did let him go and, th- and this is one question I've asked Joe, Gerald, you know, Magic Man, Magic Man and all, all the guys. Right. But one thing I want to hear from you is like if we did let him go, who who would we bring in? Who would you want to bring in? Who who would I want to bring in? Who we would bring in? I think are two very different answers. Sure. Unfortunately, um, who I would want to bring in is I would ask permission to interview multiple assistants from other teams because I don't think we have the answer within our own organization. I think okay. that the big issue we always have is we ha- we hire within. That's what we always do. That I mean, Ham has prior assistant coach ties to the Lakers. It's always. You know, do they have a Lakers tie? And then we can bring them in. Uh, and ironically enough, the championship we won was with Vogel, who had no Lakers ties. Um, I think we need to look for a young coach who has, um, you know, experience making adjustments, someone that is able to uh, prepared for multiple different things. We saw tonight, Ham is not prepared for zones. Um, we, you need someone that is learned a lot from from other coaches uh, and, and has, you know, experience with multiple different things. I don't think you're going to get that within the Lakers because all the assistants were handpicked by him as well. So I don't really trust his decision-making enough to hire from within. Um, so I'd like to, yeah, get permission to interview other young coaches around the league. Uh, you see what Dignall is doing with OKC, what Hardy's doing with the jazz. I think maybe some of their assistants might be worth looking into, but, um, I don't think it's one of the fancy names like uh, everyone always says, like Sam Cassell or, you know, some big name like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably a name that most of us have never heard of before is probably ultimately what the real answer is. Uh, and I don't think that that name exists on our roster. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is John Costa from the Lakers corner, Stone Hansen and Joe Soro from com. The Lakers unfortunately lose 127 and 113. So I bring it back to you, Joe. When you see this kind of performance, again, they're on their home court doing this. After two days off, they just have absolutely floundered against Miami, had another day off, and they floundered against a team that's 11 and 23. Absolutely, the no more excuses. I don't want to hear any more excuses. You don't want to hear more excuses. It's just absolutely one of the worst times that we've seen in, in recent times for us here as Lakers fans. This is this has got to be a low, especially with LeBron and AD playing so well, both above 30 points today. Well, the old adage is if you can identify a problem, you can also create a solution. Besides the word pathetic, depressing is the next word that can describe this team because it looks like there isn't a solution, at least not this year maybe at the end of the year, I have never seen, I might be wrong. I have never seen someone get interviewed while they're coaching to go to another team. I have, I, it might, it might've happened. I just don't remember it. Uh, and the PR, you know, what storm from that would be pretty, pretty bad because now word gets out, Hey, they're interviewing the main assistant to Will Hardy in Utah. Now Darvin Ham's like, what? 
And now there's strife. Now he's going, oh, F you. I'm just going to sit here and do what I've been doing anyways. So there is no solution, unfortunately, folks. The only way that this thing can change is if for some reason the Lakers players decide that they can stop getting injured and start playing consistent ball. But I don't know if that's possible either. So that's probably the hardest part here. We're going to have to do this show uh, game by in a, at a game-by-game game basis. We can't keep falling into the same rhetoric of we need to get rid of Garvin Ham, we need to get rid of this guy, we need to get rid of that guy. It's just not realistic. Even if they do get rid of Garvin Ham, it's just not going – we're pretty tapped into the, to the league. Who are they going to bring? I My guess is if they – I said if they lose – they go on a 10-game losing streak. There is a chance he gets let go, and all they're going to do is let Phil Handy finish out the season. I just don't think they're going to go find anybody. Not Doc Rivers, not Terry Stoltz, none of those guys. It's just Stotts. not. Stotts, Stotts. sorry. Stotts. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's, it's going to get it, – it, it's going to get worse, likely, than better. And we're going to have to accept the fact that I misdiagnosed this team – this year, I thought this was going to happen next year. I thought they had one last shot this year because mentally everyone was on board, right? They were in San Diego, uh, grab-assing, ass-slapping. You know, anytime you hear that, by the way, folks, when someone brags about working when they're supposed to work, or, hey, I take care of my family, right away, there's something you can learn out of this. Right away, be very suspect of those people because those are the ones that started the participation uh, awards years ago, and it's become a, an epidemic of mediocrity. It's a mediocre way of looking at things. And if you're too hard, and I'm gonna, you know, you all want to rant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little quick, quick rant here. I've said it before, and I'm gonna bring it back. A lot of people were kissing Kobe's rear end after, after. He retired. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. This is before he passed away. I'm talking about after. He is the greatest. He had a 60-point game. Oh, my God, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. But what were they saying three years before then? For three years. Ball hog. Took too much money. It debilitated the team. All that stuff. You posers. You fake freaking chumps. I don't forget that stuff. I pay attention. When someone talks to you, whether it's online or not, I pay attention. I pay attention because y'all get get into that into the fields and you want to kind of be with the crowd, right? It's easy. It's easy. So no, 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 no. I'm not buying it. And and what you're what, what you're seeing now is is your I could have gone on a bigger rant, but I think I've made my point. But I think this two-faced type dialogue is is it's done. At least it's done here for me. We've identified that we are just not, or I should say the Lakers are not going to com- compete for a championship. They may fix some things and get into the plan, but they are not winning a championship the way they're playing right now. And I think some everybody needs to come to grips with that and understand that the LeBron AD era of winning championships is over. And they don't have the nuts to trade LeBron in his last year. I don't want them to trade AD. As a matter of fact, I'd, li- I'd like to give us at least a shot and get some talent around AD, see how he does by himself. I know it might not, you know, bring a championship, but at least you have one guy that, you know, that you can rely on. Otherwise it's going to be just a 
bottom dweller team, just like we saw between 2015 and 2017, which is just, I don't, I don't really want to live around that kind of life of losing and being happy because we want to get a draft pick. So yes, it's, uh, it's coming guys. And the way the system has, has been put together here, just like when they implemented the zone after the Lakers repeated, just like when the collective bargaining agreement in 2005 and in 2011 made it much harder to trade and acquire. And then on top of that, even when they did make an acquisition, it didn't work out because of a veto, whether it was the David Stern's fault or not, whether it's the Lakers fault or not, doesn't matter. Either way, it didn't happen. And now we're screwed because we could have probably had a a few more championships in that time. Now we're, we're dealing with an organization that has always had issues bringing in leaders to coach the team. And that's you're, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. If you're not going to be able to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron at, 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 you know, still being very, very valuable and AD in his prime, then uh, you're, you're, you're really not, you shouldn't even be an assistant coach. I wouldn't even hire him as an assistant coach, to be honest. I'd hire him to, to be the, uh, the equipment guy. Honestly, I don't want to want that guy coaching my guys anywhere. It's, too much I'm sorry, but it's true. What are you going to tell? What are you going to tell? What are you going to tell Max Christie? What are you going to tell Max Christie? I'm going to go back to this. Have fun okay? in Vietnam. I want you guys, if you DVR the game, I want you to go back to when the, uh, Max Christie passed the ball backwards. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter. Did you look at Darvin Ham. Usually guys that are rookies, the second year guys, usually they're the ones getting yelled at. I saw Cam the- Reddish. Well, hold on. I saw Cam Reddish walking to the scores table because I thought he was going to pull him and he went right back to the bench. I did see that too, actually. Yeah. No leadership, uh, all excuses, because there's nothing else, folks. He's not good enough. And the Lakers around LeBron and AD are not good enough. And I'm sorry to say this, LeBron, uh, even when he was in his prime, was really never really a leader. The, the leader I, I, I would want. He's too soft. He's a leader if you have a scale because he's the number one guy and blah, blah, blah. But the results of LeBron James's career stands on his ridiculous talent. You look at, let's say, someone like Kobe. I'll give you guys a little bit of an analysis here. Kobe didn't really have that high of a vertical compared to his companions, his constituents, right? Vince Carter, uh, Chase McGrady, guys like that, right? Um, heck, even pound for pound, even at AI. So you also have a guy that wasn't really fast, really quick. But what made him a legend was the unbelievable work ethic that was on par with, at least from what I saw, uh, Jerry Rice. People would talk about Jordan. I'm like, no, 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 no. Jordan was, don't worry, don't, don't get me wrong. Jordan was dedicated to the game. But Jordan had a gear, natural gear that, took him to a lot of his things too with his hard work. No one has worked harder, at least from what I've seen, than Jerry Rice and and Kobe Bryant in the years I've been watching sports. And those are both players that were very good coming out of college, but they weren't the elite. They weren't elite, but they became elite because of that work ethic. And if you're not going to have, if you're not going to take pride in what you're doing here, you know, if you're putting your hands up in the air, maybe it's time for you to go. Maybe it's time for you to go and, Go play because I get mad at Gerald for this because I, I I'm tired of hearing it. Okay, I don't you know. You I'm get mad at me about, for everything. Well, I'm talking about 
the NBA. Okay, so make sure you guys listen. I know some of you guys have a problem listening. I'm not talking about most of the people on the chat. I'm talking about just a couple of people out there that don't pay attention. That's one of our bigger. bigger I don't audience. care about siblings, a person's family, when it comes to the NBA game. I don't care. I don't care what he's doing at college. I don't care about that. It's not okay? personal. This is the same type of mentality that drives me nuts. It's the hypocrisy of things. When you don't want attention, you get mad at those who are criticizing and doing things and all that, right? But then when you want publicity, oh, here, look, he's wiping his rear end at this gas station. Yay, good job wiping your rear end at this gas station, right? No, no. I don't care about anything other than watching my team and the players be effective in the game. I don't care where they go out to eat after the game. I don't care who they're with. I don't care. I want this team to win. And when your focus is on other things like that, your leadership means dick. It means dick. You're supposed you get paid $50 million to wrangle this up. Otherwise, go, go find someone else. Take a pay cut. Go play in Orlando or New Orleans and wait for someone to get drafted or picked up as a free agent so everybody can have the, oh, the together. Screw that. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this soft-ass BS. I'm tired of it. Focus. Win. I see a lot of people giving up. That's the problem. They're giving up during the game. They get frustrated. It's okay when you're when you're 20 and 10 and it's a January game. I get that. It, it's a long season. But when you're 17 and 18 coming to do a game where you got waxed by an inferior team at home because they were able to run a certain defense that you should be able to break. You're an NBA goddamn team. Well, you didn't learn your lesson and you got smacked around the entire fourth quarter because that coach actually coached. That coach was playing with you for three quarters. As soon as that third quarter ended and it was tied, he goes, watch this. Puts in the zone. Lakers couldn't do diddly squat. He set him up. Just like a, a shark at a pool billiards place. Got his beer, lost a couple games, then up the money, boom, took their lunch. They're sitting there laughing. Desmond Bain is like, ha, 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 wasn't even a normal laugh. It was like a joker laugh. Like in your own building, you're letting somebody do that to you? Where, where not? Come on, give me a break. 50 million a year for what? I feel bad for AD. He's trying, but what are you going to do? No one else is good enough or trying enough. And, of course, the coach is not setting him up the right way. And this is the reality of things. And we're going to be talking about this every day until the, year, until the season ends. And we're going to find out around mid-March whether this team is actually going to make the playoffs. I'm scared that we're going to find out we're not making the playoffs in mid-March. That's we're, the hell are we going to talk about for a month. If you're, if you're still – of the you know disillusion that we have a chance at the championship the fact that we're questioning if we can even make the play in should give you your answer if we we can't even answer the question whether we're going to make the play in then there, there's zero chance we have at a championship so doesn't matter what we do doesn't matter what changes we make this season there is no chance at a championship uh it's all false hope we're not going to go anywhere this team's pathetic uh i mean the pistons even have young players to look forward to we don't have anything um this is a desolate island it's crap basketball crap ownership everything about it sucks uh so 
yeah, I mean, the rest of the season is going to suck too. So. I want to say one more thing. So when LeBron gets angry and he storms off to the press conference. He actually was, ignored the press. Um, you you criticize him there too. So now the problem with LeBron is he cares about what other people think. He, he, he doesn't just said say. we suck right now. His quote is, "We suck right okay, now." Okay, that's fine. But the reality is, it's 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 he's 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 getting killed either way. That's why I don't trust media people in general. That's why you got to be one way every time, no matter what you do in life. You got to be one way, one way. Don't don't go this way or that way. Straight. Be who you are, because it's going to be a little less. This, it's not going to be as rigorous in terms of worrying about or having people just constantly on you for, well, you did this this day and then you did that that day. No, if you're straight arrow, you're going to straight arrow. You're going to be a straight arrow. When uh, I hate using Kobe as an, as an example, forget Kobe right now. I'm not going to use that. It's, it's a lost time. We're not getting that back. Let's say we're going to talk about who was who the equivalent of, let's say, a little old school and a little new school. Let's use Chris Paul as an example. That's the one. Who just fractured his hand tonight and it'd be out because he's going to get surgery next week. So Chris Paul, for a long time, had that he had the dual culture, the new with the old thinking. And it and because he played with Blake Griffin and and guys like um uh sorry, uh the center for the Clippers. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. The oh, one for that, uh, Zubots. Not Zubots, the uh the oh, one DeAndre that, Jordan. Oh, that's it, Jordan. So City, Jordan, so Blake Griffin, all that. Right. So those guys, they couldn't handle the criticism from their leader. They became kind of divas about it. If they did, if they took that 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 rubbing and improved themselves, the Clippers probably go to a, a finals during that time. Whether they win or not, I don't, I don't know. But they probably would have won or gotten to the finals because they did have talent, and Blake Griffin had ridiculous talent. So we're not. I'm I'm trying to figure out what. I don't think we're ever going to get that back. And I, I think that might be ultimately what the problem is too. It's just that we're expecting something that's just not going to happen anymore. They're going to let these guys kind of do what they want and hope whoever gets through the the salmon run, you know, okay, cool. They won. If, if I could jump in here real quick, Absolutely. <clears throat> look, so two things. So stone to your statement about like, you know, letting people know, like there's absolutely no chance for us winning the championship. I just want to back that because, I mean, if you look at teams historically that's won a championship or teams that's even been championship contenders, they've been right anywhere of top five to top 10 in defensive defense efficiency and offense efficiency. Right now, we're the 21st best team in defense efficiency and 23rd in offense efficiency. Mind you, we're a bit better on offense efficiency than the Washington Wizards, who I believe have won like five, six games right now. Uh, so that's that, that, that's even to add to that stone. So I'm right there with you. And then Joe and like a bit also, you know, to kind of like interact and like talk with the chat a little bit too. Joe, like your rant, I, a lot of the things you said were like, you know, perfect and spot on. And then, you know, some people in the chat, as as usual, you know, they sometimes they take it to another level and talk about Trey LeBron, get him out of here and all this and all that. So just kind of want to ask you, like, I hear what you're saying and it, and it makes sense. But I just, in theory, but I just feel like there's no trade where we're gonna, you know, off ship, get offload LeBron James, and then get something in return where we're like, wow, all right, I feel good about this. Like, so w what? What to you is like, what would be the route you want to go that way, or were you just kind of just talking about that? You no, don't. At, at some LeBron. point, at some point, I started rambling because okay. I was pulling for straws. I couldn't. 
it's 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 going back to what I said. There isn't a solution. It's the the rules of the league don't allow you to make certain trades that would likely help this team this late in the season. So we're really just pounding our heads on the wall. We're just entertaining uh, a group. We're just talking about things that likely will just not be solved because it's not physically possible. It's just, it's not. We can't go get a third star and a good perimeter player. They make 40, 50, $30 million. And that's the reality of this. It's, it's a ramble at some point. I can make a good point, but then after about a minute or so, it starts to get into this point in my head where I'm like, what the hell am I saying? This is just, there's no end to this. There's no conclusion. So in this sport, that's, it's one of the few things in, in life is, 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 let's say here, that, that there isn't a solution. If you're doing terribly at work, there's a couple of things you can do to, you know, immediately to where you can help yourself get out of some ruts and things like that. And then at the same time, there's also a time where you're like, look, I got to hang this up. I got to, I got to, you know, call it a day. Well, we can't even do that. What are you going to do? Trade LeBron to who? Who's going to pay 50 million and who are they going to trade for him? Well, that's something Stone had mentioned. Well, let me say this. That's something Stone mentioned on our playback coverage, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And then something I wanted to ask you, Stone, uh, you know, is something like trading LeBron? Because remember, I told you that the organization would never want to trade LeBron because of the PR thing and that LeBron would only want to be traded if he wants to be traded. But you said that the Lakers should look at that as an option. Yeah, I mentioned this, I think, as after the 2020 season on this show of, you know, we should we shouldn't just be so quick to say, oh, we'll never trade these guys. These guys are untouchable because if, as soon as you say someone's untouchable, you're saying I'm avoiding doing my job by looking at other options. That's that's something you should never do. Um, and now I'm fully on board of trade LeBron James not because of his play because of the fact that I don't really think I think there's a greater than 25% chance that he walks this season as it takes his player option and says you know what Bronny's in this draft I'll take a massive pay cut and go play somewhere else I'm a billionaire Uh, I'm gonna go play with my kid for the final couple years I mean and we're not giving him if we're in, in a contending championship sort of place i don't think that happens at all i think there's a hundred percent chance he he opts in and plays with us if we're if we're at very best case right now it looks like we get bumped in the first round like that's best case scenario what's the incentive for him to stay i mean if 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 you're gonna lose you might as well lose playing with your son right like there's there's so why take the chance of him walking away this off season and just get whatever you can for him because or there's just lose him for nothing because I think that percentage is greater than I think it's ab- above twenty five percent that he walks, and to me, that's an uncomfortable percentage to be at. Um, so I would heavily consider moving him because, I mean, look, you're not going to get a third start. You're not going to get equal value for him. We know that. You're, you're just not. You're not going to get equal value for LeBron on the trade market. But you're also, you're not going to get what you need to win a championship by keeping him either. So if he is going to walk. You might as well just get what you can and move forward with that. Otherwise you're playing with him. If he, op- if he were to opt in, which again, there's a chance he just walks away and then you have nothing uh, after that year. Right. Cause he's going to probably leave after that year. So to me, it's take what you can. Well, you can, it's never going to happen. And you don't get me wrong. The Lakers are not going to trade LeBron. They're not going to trade AD. 
Uh, I'm not saying that they will because they won't. Uh, and this has always been the problem. We're too late on everything. We're too late to fire Darvin Ham. We're too late to make a trade. We're too late to trade Westbrook. We're going to be too late to trade LeBron. He's going to walk for nothing, whether it's this year or next. Uh, and we're going to be stuck, you know, with our hands in our pockets like Darvin Ham and nothing to show for it. I mean, that if he walks out the door, that's two or three first-round picks someone would be willing to give for him that you just lost for nothing. So I think, I don't know, to me, the mathematical equation, it just makes more sense to get what you can because you're not going to get what you need to win a championship while he's on the roster. That's just the way I view it. But it's not going to happen. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 127-113. They fall to 17-19 and on the season. They're now in 11th place in the Western Conference. John, let me bring it back to you uh, tonight as far as what we saw from the – we've talked about all season about, oh, maybe we should play this guy. Oh, we should maybe play this guy. Oh, the Lakers are not doing well because they're not playing this guy. Oh, they're playing this guy. Well, tonight we talked about actually on Wednesday, Prince and Reddish giving you Zippo and Vanderbilt not giving you much more than that. Tonight, Vanderbilt coming off the bench, nothing. Max Christie giving you virtually nothing at two points. Christian Wood was our only offense coming off the bench, and he had 11, a whopping 11. And then you have Cam Reddish and Torian Tor- Tor- Prince. They're 18 points tonight after whopping zero the previous night. That's still only nine points between them. That's still not going to get it done. When you only have three players essentially scoring the basketball, John, that is absolutely not going to get it done. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's not going to get it done. And and it's, and this is barely better than uh, I believe, I believe you were referring to the Minnesota game when, when yeah, they, they had donuts and I believe it was Anthony Davis and LeBron who were the only two who scored, I believe, I believe in double digits. So um, I, I mean, th- this supporting cast, honestly, man, like it, it's just throughout the year is just, I mean, throughout the season, it's just been let, letting me down so like more and more and more and more. Cause I remember, you know, last season, the reason why we made the Western Conference Final was because, like, we were so deep, right? You didn't know who was going to give you 20 that night. If it was LeBron, Rui, or, uh, you know, you knew you, LeBron and AD were, were a constant, but D'Lo might go off that game or Rui might go off. And then now, like, all that. And and the crazy thing is we were, in theory, supposed to have only gotten deeper this offseason, adding, adding you know, three and D players like Torian Prince, you know, adding Cam Reddish and Cam Reddish in the beginning of the season. Like, a lot of people gave him – all this hype and and I feel like it's because Darvin Ham just kept giving him chance after chance after chance because him and Torian Prince just have the world's longest leash. After going for a donut, you mean to tell me next game they both get thirty two minutes plus? That's crazy to me. And then and then Christian Wood or I mean I know I know DeAndre Russell you know has has his faults and inconsistencies, but the second he makes a mistake, next game seventeen minutes. Christian Wood doing doing good for us. 
maybe you know he has he has a de- defensive lapse all of a sudden boom now you're out for the rest of the game play 16, 16 minutes 16 minutes yes. exactly so to, you know to me and and again don't i don't need we don't need to keep going on this but it just ends up falling on 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 coaching right because there, there there's cam there's torian doing the same old things that, that that they did these past past games and no stri- no strike no punishment just still go ahead just keep kind of, kind of how stone was saying they're just like go ahead just keep doing it keep doing it it's gonna work it's gonna work it's gonna work just keep doing it and now we're sitting outside of the play-in and it it, it hasn't worked at all and this supporting cast is letting lebron down I've seen all around social media. They're saying that this Lakers team is just abandoning LeBron and AD. And I agree, man. We got LeBron James at 39. Uh, you know, he's having, he's having bad games, but he's still playing at a crazy level. We've seen Score that 39. 30 plus today. There you go. A- Anthony Davis putting, mo- putting up a Score great 30 season. 30 plus today. Exactly. Putting, put, putting up a great season. But most of all, to me, he's staying healthy. He's playing. He's out there. So when he's out there, like you would hope that the role players could do what they could do just to help him and help LeBron. And honestly, that's just it's got it hasn't happened. So I'll, I'll I'll go back to Stone's word of pathetic. These role players and this team is pathetic. And so that's let me a good. Ask you this. Oh, go, go ahead, Stone. Go I was just Stone. gonna say it's a good point that they're both healthy. You, it's this isn't like both guys are not known to be you know the the most available. Uh, mm-hmm. And now that you have a season where both are healthy, playing most of the games, or if not all, I haven't looked, but a, a large percentage of the games so far this season, uh, and now you know you're wasting it, um, and there, there's no guarantee. I mean, I, I would odds are if we look historically, uh, that means both are probably due to miss a lot of time next year if they return next year. I mean. That's just the odds. Anything can happen, but um, so it, you're you're betting on, you know, these guys staying healthy uh, for next year. If it doesn't work out this year, you're betting on staying healthy. You're betting on LeBron opting in. You're betting on uh, coaching to miraculously, uh, miraculously get better. You're betting on for some miracle uh, with the role players. That's a lot of bets to make for me the way I view it is get what you can while you can. And just, we don't have our picks. We don't have all our picks, but start over, start fresh because what we have is not going to get us to where we want to be. That's just the way I view it. A lot of people don't want to hear it. A lot of people are going to get mad about it, but the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again. And we're trying this team, this roster over and over again with the same results. uh, And they're not getting any younger and they're they're not i mean you, you don't know how healthy they're going to stay from year to year so i would start over but it's not going to happen I'm before tired. i get joe in here real quick i want to ask you a question john uh, you are known as a big supporter of d'angelo russell and it's been said in recent episodes on other podcasts and other shows in regards to what if the lakers had traded for mike conley instead of d'angelo russell uh, you see the improvement that minnesota has made since they've gotten rid of D'Angelo Russell, who was better, they were a better team off the, with him off the floor than on statistically last season before he got traded. Now D'Angelo Russell goes, they're a better team now. They're leading the Western Conference, and Mike Conley is running the team. What if Mike Conley had been traded to the Lakers instead of D'Angelo Russell? Now, see, I would I, I would have loved that, and and 
to, to to answer that, I mean, I think that there was a, a lot of things that happened with that Timberwolves team. Anthony Edwards also took a huge jump. Like, it, I don't think it was just simply D'Lo coming. No, out of the no, team there's now, always but... there's always factors. Like the Lakers, it's not just one factor. Exactly, exactly. It's just several factors. But but to answer that question, me personally, I would have loved Mike Conley because you know I, the reason why I like D'Lo and the reason why I was a big supporter of D'Lo was because. I looked I looked past the scoring. I was like, okay, well, the game isn't always just scoring. It's like how can you set up your players who can play make, who can who can take who can allow LeBron to not have to be on the ball all the time, not force LeBron to have to be the point guard. And out of everyone that we have on this team, I felt most comfortable with DeAndre Russell being our playmaker. Like besides LeBron, of course, but a, a, a point that we've made many times on this show is like we cannot expect LeBron at 39 years old to be a point guard for our team for 82 game season. So that, 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 that's out the window. Once playoffs comes, yes, I want the ball in LeBron's hand. I want him initiating the offense. But the reason why I was a big supporter of Dilo was because of his playmaking ability. Now Mike Conley has that same playmaking ability and more, more veteran savviness, uh, the, a better shooter so far has been more, a more consistent score. So to answer that question, I would have loved it. I just wanted somebody to be able to take the pressure off LeBron, get some, get some nice pick and rolls going with AD, get his, get some easy buckets going for him and allow LeBron to run the lanes. Because as we know, even at 39, LeBron James running downhill, it's not much nobody in this league could do. And if you have a good point guard, like per se D'Lo or Mike Conley to, you know, Hit him and hit him in stride while he's in the lane. That's that's gonna be a bucket ten times out of ten. So I personally would have loved that, but you know I can't cry over spilled milk at this point. At this point, though, you're right, uh, Joe. Let me bring it back to you. Is it any coincidence we've had two of our larger audiences of the season these past two games with the Lakers going through so much turmoil? A lot of fans are starting to vent their frustrations. Do you find it a coincidence that's starting to happen right about now? Sure. I could, I could see a, <clears throat> a correlation. The uh, the sad thing about this situation at its core is the fact that the Lakers have never been able to fix the terrible decision on the Russell Westbrook trade. We can they gave up quite a bit, didn't they? You gave up a solid defender who could timely shoot in Contavious Pope. Uh, you gave up a first team all defensive player and and they, uh, Alex Caruso. You didn't sign Kuzma or didn't keep Kuzma. So you're there's your third option too. Yeah. yeah, you're that ultimately when you tell the story of the Lakers, the 2020 through 2000. Let's say if if, if I, I don't see LeBron leaving. Because uh, we've always talked about how Kuzma couldn't play alongside LeBron and AD, I think now he's no, he could to the on point. the defensive end. He could now play at that level. He, look, we and, and this is the this is to the fault of the even though they didn't make this decision, this is to the fault of the play of the fans because Kuzma wasn't a forty percent shooter from three. People looked at only that as 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 the, the dividing factor in his uh, usefulness. The problem is he was actually long and had actually good team and individual defensive skills. So you got rid of three guys that could play defense on this on this team. They actually won a championship with those guys playing that way. And all, all, all these guys are young; they're not old, you know. So you you don't make that trade. I wish they had listened to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis said after twenty twenty one, "Let's run it back." They should have listened to him, but they panicked uh, because these guys are. 
uh, because these guys don't really work. They don't really work. They look at the the media and the sports center. That's how they evaluate talent. The the fallacy that they're great evaluators in the second round and all that. Uh, you know, I, I started looking into that because you're looking at those factors as guys that are valuable uh, for for specific spots. But when you need those guys to be the difference makers, it's just not likely that that's going to be the case. You need those guys to be a supplemental part, not a primary part. And that's where I think a lot of times these guys who don't know what they're doing, they think these guys that have ascended from such bad draft, uh, late draft picks, that they can be these stars. And maybe Jokic made him think that way. Jokic is a second round pick, yet he's one of the greatest centers that ever lived. So you got a you got a couple things here that you can look at. Some that's not fair. Some that's bad decision making. Bad luck. There's a lot of things here that have fell on the Lakers that they're there's 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 major fault. There's also just bad luck. There's also just bad timing. The rules, you know, I'm gonna keep going back to this. They didn't they didn't hassle at all last year when they signed this new CBA. So it looks like they don't care that it's difficult for these guys to win. They just want their money. Okay, if you want your money, then this is this is what you're gonna have to deal with. And we're we're on the we're on the train to nowhere at this point, guys. And the, the train to nowhere means no title, and it's that's just something we have to come to grips with. We're gonna be here every game. We'll maybe get a little bit happy when they win a game, not really, but we'll we'll analyze the game. We'll say what worked well, uh, and that's it. Uh, I'll, I'll do a rant every now and then if I see something weird, you know. But other than that, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be careful that we're not repeating ourselves game in and game out. We're gonna have to get something fresh in here. So that's that's where I stand on this. Check it out. I don't think there's any chance we're going to trade for Kevin Durant because they haven't even seen all three of their main players play with each other for any long stretch of time as of yet. Uh, Stone, let me bring you back in here, though. When it comes to the uh, organization where it stands right now, 17 to 19, 11th place in the Western Conference, I know we're putting a lot of heat on Darvin Ham. I know we're questioning a lot of things we've done. We've been doing it now for quite some time. We've been ahead of the train of every, almost every other show that's out there because almost every other show is just now picking it up. I want to ask, is there a bigger, higher, you know, ascension that you need to go ahead and look at in regards to the way the team is being run at a, at a executive level that also is in need of a change at this point in time as well, Stone? Absolutely. I mean, sell the team <laughs> it, it it would be when nice you follow, when you follow the trail it, it ultimately like very ultimately comes back to genie she's the one that hired palinka uh why did she hire palinka because he had a very vital lakers tie uh and who who did she consult a, a former laker you know the rambi uh of you know you know should i make this hire she didn't know she didn't know what hire to make which is kind of pathetic on its own. So she had to ask someone else uh, and that someone else uh, happens to be, you know, former Laker with vital Laker ties and goes, you know what, let's keep the nepotism running and hire uh, Palinka, who's never been any sort of management role. He's only been an agent up until now. Uh, so they hire him, throw him into the fire. Um, they win 2020. And now apparently Jeannie just thinks that's, that's good enough forever. Uh, that that legacy is enough to keep him uh, on the payroll until the wheels fall off, uh, because 
he's done nothing since then that makes you believe in him as a general manager. I mean, really, he hasn't. Um, he hired Frank Vogel. He made a good trade uh, to get rid of Westbrook, and that good trade is only because uh, he dug that hole in the first place. Um, and now when you look at the trade, it's a guy who left in free agency in Malik Beasley, who played badly when he was for us, uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's very up and down, uh, and Vando, who's been mostly down this season. And so uh, it's not like he did this home run trade uh, when he made it. It's that he just got off the, you know, the massive negative that was Westbrook that he brought in initially also. So, um, and then when you look at, you know, who hired him, it's, uh, it's Palinka and who approves of the, the hire it's Jeannie. Um, ultimately, I mean, if, if the coaching is this bad, who hired the coach Palinka? All right. If, if the roster is this bad, who made all the roster moves Palinka, uh, who, who hired the person to make all these moves? Who hired Palinka? Genie. Uh, that's where it all leads back to, right? Uh, this is the fault lies within the entire organization. This isn't all on Darvinham. This isn't all on the Lakers roster. This isn't all on Palinka. It's a shared, distributed uh, wealth. Top of, to bottom. Of it starts at the top. It always starts at the top. Um, and it's you know, it, there's I, I really. I don't have faith we're going to win a championship with Darvin Ham. I have very small faith that we're going to uh, win a championship with Rob Palinka as the GM ever again. Uh, and I have that same amount of small faith that we'll ever win because uh, Jeannie runs the, owns the team. So honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of faith that we're going to win a championship until Jeannie is no longer the owner. I mean, that's ultimately where I stand. John, let me bring you back in here before we head on out, my friend. When it comes to the Lakers, LeBron is actually in post-game conference. He's saying that we suck. He is owning up to it. You know, we hear excuses from everyone else. His quote was, "We suck right now," and that he also framed uh, the in-season tournament as only two games. Uh, and he's not—he's like in alignment with Joe in that we should not provide these excuses continually because it's—it's it's worthless. It's one game. So, well, he said two. So that, that, it's not two, he, it's one. he meant the two in Vegas, just being in Vegas for those two games, mm. but um, need I digress? But yeah, I mean, for, for that, it's just the organizational issue, the organization as a whole. I've always said it starts the organization. It's reflection. The season and how we're going is usually a reflection of how the organization is being run. And if there are problems with the organization and their record right now, a lot of it you can tie into not just the coach, the players, but the executives as well, and the ownership. It has to be a shared blame. Your thoughts on where the Lakers stand with a 17-19 and 19 record and 11th place in the Western Conference? Um, I'm glad somebody on this team has some type of leadership level is taking some type of accountability. You know, like that, that, that's what would have been dope to hear Darvin Ham say. Like we suck, not not to go, not see Darvin Ham saying, "Oh, I'm tired of seeing everybody win, live and die over our wins and losses." What? That's not the type of response you need to have after you just got killed by a zone in the last two games and didn't make no adjustments. Are you crazy? That the reaction and the comment that LeBron had—that's the type of uh, of like accountability I was hoping and expecting him to take, man. So 
I mean, LeBron is spot on. Right now, we suck. Outside of LeBron and AD, we suck. They're letting them down. And organizationally-wise, man, I, I always talk about this with my brother. Like, Rob Palenka, he'll make a good move and then disappear. It was like, he'll make a good move and then just be gone for the next two years. And then he'll, you know, he did the AD Well, he thing. doesn't have the track record. That's something I've always said on the show. Up until that trade deadline, or let's say the Rui Hashimura trade, which came a couple weeks beforehand. Up until then, he did not have a very good track record. Russell Westbrook trade anyone? So there you go. He's not had a good track record up until that point. So we're talking about one small period of time where he did well enough to get the team in a position to go far in the playoffs. Outside of that, it's not been a very good time for Rob Palenka overall. If you had to give him a grade, your grade which shouldn't be very high for Rob Palenka at this point. Absolutely. It should not, it should not be very high at all. I mean, like, like I said, and when, I, it, and when it goes bad, where's Rob Palenka? Do you see him on those pictures? Do you see him on the video on the phone? Do you see he's him over on the there video in a tunnel? Watching? He's over there in that little tunnel where it's like super dark. He's over yeah. in a little tunnel dark hiding. And, and, and it, and honestly, he, it even goes higher than Rob. I mean, it's just he even hides in the Lakers presentation when it goes bad. When you notice in those official Lakers presentations they have out there, like last year, he was nowhere to be found. You can't yeah. find him. You can't say, but when they're, they're winning. Oh he's yeah. You there. could see he's out there. You He's can out see there. it. No, absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you for that, Gerald. You see and it I, more I, on Joe's face when he goes and does his, his thing. He does his, uh, uh, what his Halloween costume, and he puts the picture of Rob Palenka in front of his face. You see him more then. Exactly. He does. He, he needs, he needs to also take some more accountability in line with, with, uh, with Darvin Ham. But I, I think, I think Stone was doing a great job earlier of like. Dan, like doing like the family tree of like how of who who to blame right and i think it all it starts at the at the absolute top with the bus family and the biggest issue and i think i've said this on this show before the biggest issue is that the bus family have no other businesses besides this lakers team they have nothing else going on like mark cuban the owner of the clippers they got all the like the owner of the clippers i believe he's the owner of like my like microsoft or something like that and then um mark cuban we know what he had like he sold that huge website burn like the dot com boom or whatnot but you just sold a great majority of the dallas but retained power in doing exactly so. yeah Ex exactly but make it needed too all, all, all yeah all, all these guys like they have other money coming in so they're like you know what i'm not tripping about going into the luxury tax i'm not tripping about overplaying a player because you know what i'm here to win and that's what i want to do the bus family are here to make a living are here to stay above the water i'm sure running the lakers is a uh, i disagree with you since that member jerry bus came up as a real estate mogul as well he was very invested in real estate you know with donald sterling you saw the stories there and all that as far as that's concerned but he's he was still very much tied to real estate but if he if genie bus sold tomorrow do you not think she would be set for life do you not think that what you know forbes evaluating this team as around eight or nine billion dollars depending on who you talk to do you think the bidding war would not go above that do you think she would not be set for life for like 10 20 lives down the line if she sold right now she absolutely would which then makes me feel like well genie just go ahead and sell that if it's about just staying good just go ahead and sell that team but maybe it's a power trip maybe it's something that she wants to keep because i know like it was it's it was because the, family's of the association own with her dad Yes, That's family why. owned business. Like I, I, I understand that part, but it's like at this point, you're just pissing everyone else off because I feel like if we had good management and, and I I've heard players talk about this all the time. When the 
when the man when management when the higher ups really care about the team really care about winning like the players can feel that and the players then go out and produce that energy on the court because they know that it's more than just a business and to the bus family i'm not even on the court and i can see this is just a business i mean you could liken it to the wwe for years owned by vince mcmahon he would never sell he would rather die than go ahead and sell or do anything that's what you heard for years and years and years you know passing it down as far as to shane or stephanie mcmahon yada 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 well, suddenly TKO comes along, offers them $9 billion to go ahead and sell. He takes the money, and there you go. So, again, don't tell me, you know, John, and I don't mean this to you literally, but don't tell me, anyone out there, that, you know, it's that they can't live without, you know, owning the Lakers. They would be fine without owning the Lakers. It's what Jeannie wants to do in honor of her dad. That's To me, I think that's the motivation why she's still owning the team. I think it's more, uh, you know, as far as the the relationship she had with her dad, which is admirable. But then again, if you see your organization not performing at the best, because when you look at her under her ownership and also her brother's ownership, how many years have the Lakers made the playoffs in those years? What is the ratio? Yes, we won a championship, but what is the actual ratio of success during that period of time, John? It's not very high. It's like under 40%. Got to be, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 not very high. So yeah, like how you said, admirable. it is one title. It is one title, Sean. Yes, but how many playoff runs had they had during the period of time after after Doctor Bus has passed away? Couldn't couldn't even tell you. But like like how Stone said, I know it's I know it's under four. I know it's under forty percent. And I've been watching these seasons, and I mean these past seasons, and I just know it's been horrendous. To be honest with you. They probably have more play-ins than playoffs at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing is like when you watch Media Day, they signed all these players under false pretenses. Uh, Christian Wood, when he signed, they asked him, you know, why did you sign? He's like, oh yeah, Darvin Ham told me uh, I'm gonna have a big role on this team. Uh, and then D'Angelo was like, yeah, uh, I can tell they have a lot of faith in me this time around, and. They, they said all these things that are completely counter to what's happening now. Uh, and, you know, Lakers corner mentioned it in the be- sort of beginning. Uh, there's a lot of trust issues uh, and you're, these guys are no longer like as soon as the off season hits, none of these guys are going to want to stay here. If you promised them all this stuff and you're doing the complete opposite, like they have no incentive to want to be here, especially when you're not winning. Uh, so all these guys are going to ask out leave in free agency you lied to them and you're not winning anymore because of it. So there's no incentive to stay. Uh, and there's the trust issue runs deep. I mean, they don't trust each other on the court because they never know from night to night who they're playing with, how many minutes they're playing, what role they're playing. Uh, they can't trust the coach. They can't trust, you know, like I said, who they're playing with because they don't know who they're going to play with. So there's no continuity. Um, Nobody trusts anybody. Nobody is looking forward to the future with this team. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's going to be very mediocre to bad, I think, for the next several years. I mean, that's that's just what it's going to be. There's there's not a whole lot of room to improve when, especially, we lost half of our picks moving forward because of you know the AD trade. So, yeah, I, there's. There's little hope for this team. We got our one title and that's it. Is that what you're saying? I strongly believe that. Yeah. I think we got our one title and that's 
probably going to be our one title for this decade. Joe, mm-hmm. let me end the conversation with you right here. When it comes to uh, one player, I want to go ahead and sing on. You know, he gave great effort in the second quarter. Uh, that was Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, we signed him to a four-year contract at near the beginning of the season. He is not eligible to be traded, uh, unfortunately, because of the timing when he was signed. He's giving you – okay, let's, let's put it this way. Yeah, he gave us great energy, but he scored zero points in 17 minutes tonight. Zero points. And this is the guy who's actually scoring average on the year went down. Amazingly, it's now right around, what, two and a half? Two and a half points a game for a guy that's earning about $11 million a year for his extension for four years. Your thoughts on this, my friend? I think this, again, is just a category where did you need to really make these decisions, Rob Palenka, when you made them? Because it's really, these are the kind of things, it's not a huge contract, but still, these are the, just the little things that add up to what you're seeing right now. The the signing has more to do with the fact that you have leverage in a trade than actually quality of the player. We're not, a, if we if we just let him go, you don't get you don't get anything out of him. But, but by having what will be uh, $36 million left on his contract at the end of the year, that's something you can package in the summer and get somebody maybe that would, would matter. Or... I you think know. another team would like a guy that probably not? It would have game? to be the only way the, the only way the Lakers get a player that they need is if another team needs to unload a massive contract. That's it. No one's going to trade quality for trash. Uh, sorry to say, but we talk about Max Christie being a non NBA player. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I, I don't think Vandal's an NBA player either. I think he should go to Europe. He is absolutely terrible. He is a scared puppy. Uh, and I don't, uh, this, it, to me, I get flashbacks of, of Kwame Brown when I see him play. And at the very least, back when the Kwame played, the, the system and the league was set up a certain way where he could he could work. If Kwame Brown had been playing in this era, he would have lasted one year and been cut and never seen again. Um, and that's who he is. He is a guy that is athletic, that is tall, that does have some attributes on defense, but for every stop he makes, he allows five, six points because he's not – he's too afraid to shoot. Simple layups. Uh, dive to the to the basket when – my favorite part of the, the offense is when they give the ball to AD at the 21-foot area by the corner three. That – I can't tell you guys how much fun that is when you set up an offense with AD – hovering around the three-point line and basically telling the other team, go ahead and trap him because we we want to suck. I mean, if I didn't know any better, I think that Darvin M's throwing these games with those uh, those decisions. How do you give AD, continues to give AD, continually give, me, give AD the ball 20 feet from the basket? Why? Are they dropping coverage? Are they, okay, so create an offense where you can free him up. That's how it works. AD's athletic enough to do that. But I don't think the talent can do it with a combination of the fact that Darvin Ham can't devise that particular setup with uh, the players that he has available. Uh, I don't know what to say, guys. It's not good. It's it's just going to get worse. And uh, the future as far as Jeannie selling the team, look, guys. Uh, not going to happen. Ten billion dollars and then sitting and doing nothing does nothing for you. At some point, when you are when you can buy anything, 
I know that's not true for everybody, but if I'm a, a owner of the Lakers, I'm not selling the team either. I'm already rich. What do I need 10 billion for? So I can go vacationing every weekend. That gets boring after a while. I want a challenge. I want competition. But the problem is, uh, and and Kobe uh, gave his blessing for Rob Palinka, and I'm I'm gonna have to, you know, sorry, Darren, I'm gonna have to say something negative about Kobe here. So well, I want to close your ears. There's a reason why you don't let the greats typically make those kind of decisions. If you look at the history of great players, they're usually not good coaches and they're usually not good executive decision makers because they're thinking like the way they think. You can't think that way when you're an executive. And that's why Jerry Krause was resentful of the Michael Jordan Pippen players because if it wasn't for Jerry Krause, Pippen would have been stuck in Seattle. He wouldn't have been a bull, and he was never appreciative of that, according to Jerry Krause. He drafted Horace Grant. He traded uh, Charles Oakley, who was a fan favorite, for a center that they desperately needed. And he surrounded Michael Jordan with the perfect complimentary players. Granted, Jordan got everything out of those guys. He was a big part of it. But the executives and the coaching have to set the table for those guys. And that's what the executive's job is to do. And then after a while... And this is the problem, guys, with ego. When you are so upset that you weren't appreciated, then you start making mistakes because all you keep thinking about is getting the pats on the back. If I had to give any advice to anyone out there, they'll listen. F, getting patted on the back. Okay? The hell with it. It doesn't mean dick. Whoa, hey, good job. What does that do? What does that do? What is that going to do for you? Hey, good job. Hey, it makes you feel good, right? That's probably why. But how about you just continue to do your job and you'll never have to worry about the negative part of it. But the Lakers are in a position right now where they have an owner that doesn't, and and really the owners are not supposed to really be in gyms and analyze that. They're the owners. They are supposed to hire the right people. The problem is she apparently didn't hire the right people. She has an Uh, office right above where they practice. Do you think think, uh, Kurt Rambis is in in, in high school gyms? Is he there? I, I know that the bus kids are. I've seen this in person. Yes. Okay. But I'm going to be honest. uh, Bus kids versus Bob Myers. Who's going to win that? I'm I'm not. And look at, look at, look at Bob Myers. The second the inmates started taking over the asylum, he bounced. Because at that point, what are you, what are you doing? What's next? I'm going to just keep getting shot down for doing things that are supposed to help the team. There is a loyalty set up here. The loyalty is this, and Jerry West said this a lot, and he said it. Uh, I remember that when, when after Kobe passed, he had the, he was with the panel of Shaq and, and Kenny Smith and the guys at TNT, and he said, "You never, never lie to a player. That's the loyalty you have to have. Don't be that piece of crap that says, oh, no, we're not trading you,' and then you trade him the next hour. These guys have families; they have." schools for their family so at least you can be loyal to that you know this is somewhat of a a relationship the least you can do is prepare the people that's why everybody loved jerry west but when you are afraid to face are you afraid to tell somebody the truth this is the, this is the kind of stuff that happens so kobe bryant uh vouched for rob palinka uh unfortunately rob is an agent he is not an executive he is not going to be evaluating talent you bet. You, you, I would. I would right now. If somebody came in and said, "Hey, I want. Uh, I want. I want you to decide on who the next GM is. It's the guy. It's the guy right here. 
guy here at Stone Hansen, the guy that's if you give him the opportunity the to go to, Stone. if you go into the you know, this guy spent 13 hours a day looking at God, you guys have any idea how boring watching high school and college basketball is? That's probably the the, the one that I, I, I couldn't believe. I'm like, wait, Stone, you watch 13 hours of that stuff? Look, anyone that does that can go another level when you give them the ticket to get He told you there. on playback that he'd only seen 20 movies in his life. He must and, be doing something, Because he's though. putting in the work. You don't have to worry about him going and looking at rom-coms with his girlfriend and, and, hey, you know, I have to go out and enjoy my time. No, he's in the gym virtually paying attention. And that's why he's rarely wrong on the evaluation. So unless you're going to get somebody like that, that's a lifer. They're out there. You just got to find them. Then you're going to play behind the eight ball. Unless, of course, LeBron and AD can cover the bases. But, you know, again, the leadership part is a very interesting thing. You're going to tell me that some of these players on the team are, are not better than John Paxson and Steve Kerr? Why did those guys look like superstars back then? Why did and guys now you're like... Hearing pro... you now you're hearing, Joe, you might be glad when you hear this. Now you're hearing about problems on Golden State with Steve Kerr. Like Kaminga is now upset with the way he's being utilized on the team. You're Chris Ball, obviously, of course, just got injured. They're not ex- doing much better than Lakers. The Warriors are in the same spot that we're in right now. Yep. Same spot, really. So the BS caught up to Steve Kerr, and it always does. What did I tell you guys? Okay, this is not a Pat Riley situation in 1990 where the Lakers are the number one seed and then get destroyed by the Phoenix Suns in the second round. And that was it for Pat Riley in LA. There is a moment where the voice starts to become mute for the players. In this case, Steve Kerr is probably that guy. And, and it's worse with Steve Kerr because he, he speaks in hyperbole a lot and he's very, very uh, deflective when things happen to him and very reactive when things happen with other people. He gets into other people's business. That's why uh, Popovich lost Kawhi Leonard because he, he's sending them to go watch, uh, I don't know, Bible movies or whatever it is that uh, I'm not, don't quote me on that. Like things like that. He's like, dude, I'm just here to ball, you know? And then, you you, you, you know, to me, it's, it, it's, I get the chastising part. Like if he was soft and not getting yelled that at. That quote will practice. be aggregated by the way. That what was that? To, that? That quote will be aggregated throughout the news uh, cycles. What do you about, mean? About Kawhi and his Bible studies. Or yeah, Bible I, I think I'm thinking of Dennis Rodman in the early 90s. Okay, it, it's not Bible enough. study of Kawhi. I think it had something else to do with, I don't know, term papers or something. He was having them people, guys read something, and he's like, dude, I ain't going to read. Uh, but that's the case, is you have to adapt to certain players. And it's you like can't Phil read. Jackson with the books. He would put one on your in your locker, and you read it or not. No, most people didn't read it. Shaq admitted he didn't read the books, uh, even Kobe to some <laughs> I love what he said. Too. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's again, Shaq went to the drive through. It's, it's a fine line on what works and what doesn't. A lot of it is, is, is tailored to the, the talent executing what needs to get done. And if you have enough talent to, to cover the deficiencies of communication and coaching, then you're probably okay, especially in the NBA, you can get away with it. But when it's terrible coaching and then your players, even though they're talented, are not you know, getting the team uh, in a position to play well at the same time, because players do play. Would you consider LeBron the CEO of this team? Is it the number one player on a team, usually the CEO? And then you have the board of directors, board of directors with, you know, Darvin Ham and Rob Palinka and Jeannie, right? So the CEO is the guy that's supposed to make sure that the group is taken care of, the stuff's taken care of. Now, when you have players that are not playing well, what do you do? You get rid of them. You go that way. Now, the difference in this business versus any other normal business, you can't just get rid of anybody. It's got guaranteed contracts. You have to trade dollar for dollar. Most of the teams that are available this year to trade 
have guys that are making too much money and they're too suspect. Sports is different than regular business in a lot of ways because it's set up in a socialistic standpoint. It's about even. It's about when you're not making money here, the money go. And if you go over the money, you got to distribute it to the ones that didn't go over the cap and things like that. The thing that has made guys like Jim Ursay and and uh, and uh, Jeannie Buss and all these people relevant, or Alex Spanos, Dean Spanos, sorry, not Alex Spanos, he's passed away. Uh, these The reason why these owners have stayed relevant is because the NFL and the NBA have such a foolproof TV contract set up that they, don't, they make money whether they stink or not. And for them to sell the team, it has to be something where I just don't want to deal. I want to do something else. I want to do something else with my life. I don't want to deal with doing stuff like this. But what is Jeannie going to do? All she's done is basketball. And she likes the prestige. She likes the title of I'm, I'm the owner of the Lakers. And usually people that are more obsessed with the title usually don't do well. Joe's right, too. It's a, a multi-level symbiotic relationship is is what the NBA is. It's not only within the organization. Uh, you have to have you know a symbiotic relationship between coach, players, coach, and uh, management, management and ownership, but also you're doing that with 29 other teams because now when you need their help to offload a contract, you need to go through multiple different agents, multiple different, uh, you know, uh, ownerships to and, and management to facilitate that deal. Coaches have to write off on this deal. Uh, it, it's very much a, it's a massive ecosystem within the NBA of how things change in, uh, the problem is when those things aren't clicking, like they aren't with the Lakers right now, uh, you're now forced to make that change. It's not, it's not, it's out of necessity. It's not out of, you know, want. Um, but the, the bottom of the line is uh, it's, you know, been a lot of fun for me to talk about what I, I, I still think is the best strategy of blow it up. I think start over that I still not just cause I'm frustrated. I think ultimately strategically I, f- I find that to be the best route for us but the reality is nothing's going to change uh we're going to be here next game talking about these same things in the game after that and for the next 40 plus games 50 plus games doing the same cycle. Thing. uh and and no, no matter what we want no matter how much we talk about this um we're just it, it what we want won't happen so uh it, it's that's the depressing part of it not not the part that we're losing all these games not the part that you know, all, all this stuff is going wrong. It's the part that it's not going to change. That's that's what really is is frustrating. Um, and ultimately, I think uh, is is going to be really frustrating leading into a year from now, two years from now, you know, and the rest of this season. Uh, before we go, John, I'm going to have you answer Tien's question and then also make sure you give a plug on what's going on with your two great channels before we head on out. He's asking what should be the starting lineup moving forward just as if let's say everyone is healthy let's say Rui gets back and also Dilo gets back Gabe of course is gone for weeks but let's say you have almost everyone back what would be your starting lineup at that point in time my friend and then also make sure you give a plug for what you're up to with your great channels as well if you can absolutely absolutely <clears throat> so for my starting lineup and I know some people may not feel this sure, but... it's like getting the feels already <laughs> for my starting from my starting lineup, go, we're ahead, not gonna... go ahead, Joe. You're gonna no, no. Before I, John, because I'm gonna let John talk. But I apologize, John. Uh, but you, uh, when uh. he gets in that, 
I'm just glad you do it because I can't. I can't do it. Okay. I mean, I'll uh, do it, but it's just. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll do it if you want. You, you, your re, your retail uh, skills come out, and uh, it's good in that realm. Me, uh, yeah. Anyways, my I'll, management I'll, I'll, skills. I manage just more than retail. Let... <laughs> Special Sorry, effects studios. <laughs> Uh, I think it's just more the delivery. I think it's the delivery. It's like John. I want to thank you for being alive. Well, I want to make sure he's here through ninety minutes. Thank you for being kind. Known as the Lakers, he's got to go ahead and and make sure he gets time to pitch his channels. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happy to be here, man. I love talking (laughs) Lakers with you guys. It's the best post game show all around town. But look. It's a good thing, G. I'm not making fun of you. It's a good thing. I'm making light of it. All right. I'm not sure. Sometimes you give me those backhanded compliments. There's some comedy. There's some comedy in it, but it's it's a it's a good virtue to have. Lakers all day. Let's get you on a special show. Hit me up, Lakers Fast Break, so I can get your information. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. I'd love to get you on. I I really want to give you compliments on your channel as well. Uh, Hit me up at Lakers Fast Break. We want to get a special interview with you, so you can have plenty of time to talk Lakers, my friend. Let's we'll get you something special on that. Again, hit me up, LakersFastBrig at Yahoo.com, and we'll set up something good. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Thanks, my friend. No, no problem at all. Look, so I'm – We're heading on out. I just wanted to know after John, he's, we're heading on out. So, yeah. I'm I'm going to give my starting lineup based on, like, not – I'm not trying to just put the best five players out there. I'm trying to build the best team the best team throughout the game. So, I want to have a good starting lineup, but also, you know, have a good bench. I don't want to have absolute trash bench. So, for me, uh, if everyone's healthy – whether people like it or not, <laughs> I'm starting D'Angelo Russell at the one because I just don't want LeBron have, having to have the ball in his hands all at all times and be forced to be that playmaker. So I'm going to have D'Lo at the one. Because D'Lo's inconsistencies on, on defense and because of he's really just a cone out there, I'm going to go with the same strategy that the, that the Warriors were doing when they when Stephen Curry was always a defensive liability. What would Klay Thompson do? Klay Thompson would be a defender. They had the two, always guarding the other team's best player. We don't have a we don't have nobody nearly as good as a prime Clay Thompson defender, but I mean for now we I like Cam and his defense, so I'll put Cam out there at the two for some defense to be able to uh, be able to guard some of these elite uh, elite guards that are around the league. So that's D'Lo at the one, Cam at the two. <sighs> what know? about that argument though? I ask in regards to everybody complaining that's out there that said, "Oh, the Lakers have not really had." any time out there with the lineup that got them to the playoffs and got them through those first two rounds. Are you talking about the lineup where Austin Reeves started? I'm just telling you what the D'Lo, Austin, you know, Vando, LeBron AD lineup. I'm just saying what, what people. So far it's been three minutes this season, just for the record. Yeah. And, and and like, yeah, I mean, I, and I mean, come, come playoffs when I I do think that you can't get, you, you can't really get off the playoffs. You're right. I, absolutely. <laughs> if they make the plastic, if they find themselves in that situation, um, I do think then then that 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 is a lineup you should go to. But also one thing I have said on this show is that like it's very situational. You got to look at who you're playing against because it's all about matchups, especially come especially come playoffs. Like, if if we if we get there, but if we if I had to just pick, if I had to just choose a lineup that we're gonna have to roll with on the regular and to help our bench, help our team throughout the whole game, it is gonna be D'Lo at the one. I'm going to go Cam at the two. I'm going to go, man, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go Torian Prince at the three only because a man besides LeBron, he's the only other player on our team shooting 40% from three. And we know that when LeBron's out there, he's going to get a lot of driving kicks. So I'm going to hope it's in two games. 
I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, we need we need some some type of shooting out there, or else the the defense is just going to be crowding the paint, and that's where we we need to get to. That's where we stri- strive at. But if they're crowding the paint because they know that we have no possible shooters out there, Cam's not a real liable shooter. Torian Prince, so far, like like I said, him and LeBron, only two players shooting forty percent on this team. So uh, Torian Prince would be at that three, and then LeBron and AD four or five. Uh, and I say that to say then because then we still have that punch on the on the bench of us Reeves coming off the bench. Hopefully, Darvin Ham decides to play Christian Wood a little bit more, and also ha- hopefully have the punch of whatever Jared Vanderbilt can give us on offense, which isn't much, but he can give us some on defense. So that's the starting right line. Right now, it's two points. <laughs> right now, yeah. it is two points. So so yeah. So that's that to to, to sum it up: D'Lo, Cam, Torian. Bron and AD, but come playoffs, I'd like that line starting lineup that we had last. I'll year. ask Stone that here in a second, but please pitch your channels before we add that out, my friend. Absolutely, I want to Stone on that. The question. I got I got two channels. Everybody could check me out at I, the Lakers Corner channel that's on YouTube, dropping all type of Lakers content, everything Lakers. We're always talking about it, and then right here, Clutch Talk is just my NBA talk show. Just dropping two episodes per week on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, talking about NBA as a whole, man. But as always, appreciate the uh, the, the the invite and welcoming onto the show. Okay, so Stone, the question is: I, I know you heard that, like you said, you heard what went on as far as recently low post podcast, Hoop Collective, all that. As far as the ESPN podcast, I did too. Uh, they were talking about how little the playoff starting roster, which in to that, you know, and Tim Bontemps pointed out. I know he's a hater for the Lakers; he hates the Lakers, but he does point some things out. And that they did end up, uh, you know, D'Lo and Vando not playing by the end of that Denver series. But it's the series, it's the starting lineup that got us into the playoffs in those first two rounds. Would you try it going forward when D'Lo comes back from that bruised tailbone? I mean, I I don't think I would start that as the lineup. I'd I'd play that lineup more throughout the games, but uh, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be in my main lineup. Um, And I think that uh, because, I think number one, uh, spacing is an issue with Vander out there. Number two, um, teams. I think that there, you you've had six months since that playoff run. That's a lot of time for teams to look at that and be like, "All right, this is the adjustments we make to make sure this lineup isn't as effective as it was uh, in the playoffs for them." So, uh, I, I would actually do the same exact lineup um, that. Uh, Lakers, I keep calling you Lakers Corner. I haven't met you. I think John, your name's John, John though. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry, I don't want to mess your name up. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, that. So I would do the same lineup that John did, except I would replace Re with um with Prince. That'd be the only change I'd make. Okay, well there you have it. Uh, great having you here. Please go ahead and check out John's great work at Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner, Lakers and Five. That great channel. He was actually talking to the guy behind Lakers and Five. There you go. Go ahead and check it out today as Joe gives me that sarcastic Cheshire cat grin that only he can do. Check out Joe's great company, Simblades, SimbladesWorldwide.com. I'm giving at least your company some love, Joe. I want to I want to thank existence and the earth. That's uh, only you can do. And oxygen and water. You know I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on again, uh, you guys. But uh, I, I probably won't be on for roughly – the next month or so just because i'm moving and i don't know how soon i'll have internet it's just but, what uh, i was gonna ask you but i appreciate you guys having me on again um you know hopefully 
something changes. I, I don't know what it is. Hopefully, the hopefully, Lakers will be in a better place when yeah. the time you come back. So I always appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I've been listening to all the episodes. I'll continue to on the on during the the whole moving the right out there and everything. But uh, for anyone watching or listening, if you don't see me for a while, that's it's because I'm moving. Yeah, Sean, I agree with you. But again, you, you know, you pick your poison, Sean. There's really all the options out there. You're going to get ding somewhere what are you going to do with what we have right now it's a dumpster fire so you got to do what you can and again uh, you know the lineup i threw out there with uh delo uh austin Rui, and then lebron ad it's not perfect there's no perfect solution right now that the lakers have because the lakers are just underperforming and it shows they're 17 to 19 11th place in the western conference Tomorrow, I'm looking forward to hopefully having a show for everyone out there. Looking forward to getting a Lakers Holics uh, show up and running. I'm going to try and reach out to Lakers all day. If he doesn't respond to me, I'll try to get him on the show to have a show, you know, for him to go ahead and sound off on the Lakers and talk about that. So, Joe, uh, okay, here we go. Any last thoughts before we end on out? Uh, no. That's what I thought. All right. Well. No more needed on a day like today. Well, the Lakers I lose. I think I've spoken enough. Oh, that you have. I was I had spoken enough about an hour ago, actually. Yes, but then again, you are going to keep Stone in good spirits as the Lakers continue on for all the shows he's going to watch or listen to us here in the next month, month and a half until he comes back to us. and uh, Hopefully, he can go ahead and... I'll know, be back for the trade deadline. That's when you'll see. Yeah, there you go. absolutely. I can't well, wait till we get, uh, I don't know. Let's say Nas Reed for AD or something. Wow, well, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Killer trade there. <laughs> Chetty Clash says, who do you think is the cutest Laker? It's probably the best question all day. That's yeah. best for Joe, because he was the one talking about different daddies during the the, the, the yesterday I, the Wednesday game when he talked <laughs> yeah, when he I went opened, off on I Benny opened. Blanco and had no idea who he was. I opened was, Pandora's box. I, he, I mean, he really liked Jaw's hair, so let's see what his answer is. And that flowery was, jacket. It was it was, you know, I don't know what happened, but I, I just heard yes today that Michael Jackson called Chris Tucker Christmas Tucker. And ever since then I've been feeling very icky. Cat Williams said that. That was yeah. That was well, no, actually, uh, a lot of things. Actually, I'll just leave it at that. Well, Chris Which Tucker did a, did a stand-up. Cat Williams podcast or the Epstein Files? Well, he, he, Chris wow. Tucker said it too. He was in a, doing a thing. He's like he kind said, of a tie. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Was that was so funny. <laughs> I was I was laughing pretty good. I thought it was great. And Chris Tucker's like, what did I, what, did he just say Christmas? Like, <laughs> all right. And then after a while, like he's like, it's all right. It's not, it had a ring to it. So yeah, it's been a lot of. Um, there's been a lot of masculating this last couple of days uh, of stuff. So uh, I don't know. I guess I'm rolling with the narrative. Yeah, but check out Joe's comments on Benny Blanco, the producer who is now dating Selena Gomez uh, from the last uh, Wednesday's playback and also the, play, uh, the postgame show. Yeah. <laughs> that last comment's insane. <laughs> uh, yep. I, Possibly chatting. How do you follow that? You don't. It's sad because she's a pretty girl, and I'm like, what? Really? The guy that looked like he dipped his head in hay at some farm and then went to a Laker game? Come on, man. I put on that flowery jacket he got at a cheap motel. I mean, I, there's jackets like that, at, and I, I hate the dog on Marshalls, but that's that's where that stuff goes. <sighs> well, there you go. Once again, 
It is the Lakers losing. Because the Aussies out there are not very good. 13. I liked it better when we talked about food on the last podcast. But it is Gerald Glassford, along with Joe Soros, Stone Hansen, who we're wishing safe travels to, and hopefully he comes back to us as soon as he can. And, of course, John Costa, Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Please go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. Lakers in 5, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, John McCallion, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, and also as well, Empire Jeff TV, great channels as well. And please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live once again with the latest Lakers Fast Break.